Hello, and welcome to the Outlier Podcast, the podcast for everyone who's interested in building better homes. My name is Sandra, and I am hosting this podcast with Anthony, the founder and lead designer at Outlier Studio, who is passionate about creating beautiful and high-performing homes. Together, we sit down once a month to chat with industry experts and to answer your questions about high-performance homes. We want to educate Australians about the possibilities of energy-efficient design and to change the way we build houses today. We hope you join us on that journey. We are kicking the new year off with a super interesting topic, sustainable property developments. And for that, we're talking with Jess Kuman, designer and thermal assessor with his own business, Adept Design Group. Jess has done a lot of work for The Cape, Australia's most sustainable development. So we talk about his own personal journey that brought him and his family to focus on more sustainable and energy efficient house design and what design approach he is taking in his projects. Jess also gives his thoughts on the future of housing developments and he shares his wishes for improvements in the building code. All right, first episode of the new year and a big one. We've got a lot to talk about because we've got Jess Kuman with us today. Jess, thanks for taking the time. Um, can you tell everyone um, a little bit about yourself and maybe uh, explain why we're talking to you today or how the connection is with Anthony as well? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, uh, we have a building design company down in Cape Patterson um, called Adapt Design Group. Um, we do a lot of work in uh, one of Australia's most sustainable states called the Cape. Um, and we have a, me and Anthony have a mutual friend um, through music, of all things. Um, we've sort of, yeah, got introduced through him and sort of blossomed from there. We've got very similar interests in a few different fields and it's been fun. Yeah, just from, from my perspective, I remember last year, I don't know exactly when it was, but at some point, uh, I just remember Anthony went down to see you and after that, he just couldn't stop talking about the development and just the work you've done and, and the conversations you guys were having because it just seems like there was a lot of alignment and just a lot of thought process that sparked from those conversations. And you've mentioned the Cape, which is something we're probably going to be focusing on a lot in our talk today. As you said, it's been named um, the most sustainable development in Australia. Um, so we're talking about very energy efficient housing. And uh, before we hit record, you already um, gave away a little bit of a detail of like there's an average energy rating happening. So can you explain a little bit what the Cape is and how you're involved with that development? Yeah, so yeah, we're extremely lucky that that's development is literally on our back doorstep. Um, so the Cape, uh, there's 232 lots in in the development. Um, it's over a very large um, parcel of land. Um, you could probably fit double the amount of blocks on that if it was a you know a normal residential development. Um, so there's a, a really big focus in the Cape on um, open space and space and social connection um, and all that sort of stuff um, from you know from, from a livability perspective um, but then also there's a really big focus on you know the energy efficiency of the houses um, stormwater they look at it as a whole so the, the minimum requirements for a house in the Cape is we need seven and a half stars for the energy rating you have to have a at least 10,000 litres water storage or a water tank, and that's all connected back into the house. 
mainly just uh, external taps, laundries and toilets. Um, you have to have a minimum two and a half kilowatt um, solar array on your house. Yeah. Um, most houses up there are well above the, the minimum. Um, so yeah, there's th- that's the that's the benchmark. That's the expectation. Um, there's design guidelines around all of that that we have to meet. There's a design review panel. Um, but it's I feel like every project, no one's hanging around the the bare minimums. Everyone's sort of trying to push, push, push. Um, you know, it, it's it's very. I live there as well. Uh, it's a very interesting uh, place to work at, place to live at. Um, yeah, a lot of like-minded people in in a you know, in a small area, which is makes for some interesting conversations as you're cruising around <laughs> on the walking track, or you're down at the, the playground with the kids, or on your way to the beach. Yeah, awesome. So, what um what was your decision personally for deciding to reside there, Jess? So, I, I grew up down here. Um, as a as a kid, we spent that much time out at Cape Patterson. Um, you know, just we're always surfing or scuba diving or just hanging at the beach. So I'd always loved Cape. Sort of, we had, we had some stuff going on with the existing house we we had uh, in the next town, the bigger town across. Um, just some issues with mold and, and stuff like that. It was a really old house. And um, yeah, feel free to expand on that too, by the way. Yeah, sure. So basically, um, all of my me, my wife, uh, and my kids just had some health issues from living in a house. Um, you know, seventies brick veneer house. Uh, it was just old, and, and it was it ended up getting a bit mouldy and stuff. And um, yeah, for me personally, um, I, I lost all my smell, all my taste. Oh wow! I'd hay fever for just two years straight. Um, couldn't figure it out. Medication didn't do anything. Um, that sort of stuff. Um, my wife basically ended up with a bit of like an autoimmune thing where. Um, she, she ended up getting this thing called POTS um, and that's all just from living in this house. Um, so that was a, a bit of a battle. It was sort of, you know, a good couple of years to work through that and with little kids and trying to run a business and, and everyone not being well and that sort of stuff. And um, my girls had, had a lot of allergies and, and that sort of stuff and it all pretty much stemmed from living in that house. And it just got to a point where um, we had a building biologist come out to the house and do some testing um and basically yeah they just we had there must have been some water leakage or something underneath the house at some stage whatever it was and um yeah it was just for us personally it wasn't a place we could live anymore um yeah, we, we were sensitive to the the things that were going on in that house you guys might have been okay with it it was just for, for us it was no good so um basically we we sold up um and yeah, well, I'd already started doing a little bit of work out at the Cape and just thought, well, let's just go for it. So we, um, we bit the bullet, sold the house, bought a block and then, yeah, then sort of went from there. Um, I could tell from a health perspective, everyone's a lot better now. It's like everyone's on the up and up. Like that, There's no hay fever anymore. I've got taste back. I've got smell back. Um, wife's so much better. Kids' allergies have sorted themselves out. It was, um, yeah, it was very, very. It was a testing time, but I guess yeah, we, we learned a lot from it. If, if anything, this is the only one thing we could take away from it, um, and that really kind of helped, I guess, internally from a business perspective. Is like the big focus for us um, when we're doing stuff that that is not an issue for anyone 
who lives in a house that we've designed. So, um, yeah, and, you know, going through the process with a building biologist and that sort of stuff was really was really interesting. Uh, just you know, things that they focus on in air quality and, and condensation and, um, and and all that sort of stuff. It's super important, and especially you'd know that with the, with the stuff that that, um, that you guys do. Um, so yeah, that was our that was our push to get out to Cape. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, funny enough, we bought the block, and I, I got a phone call from mum after I told her that I bought the block. She's like, "You do realise that when you were like ten years old, you told me that you were going to live out of Cape Patterson one day." And I, I didn't recall <laughs> that at all. And she's like, "Yeah, well, you definitely did, and you've done it. So congratulations." Like, oh, cool. Thanks, mum. <laughs> My mind went straight to like, and then you had the uh, the most amazing opportunity of being able to design your own home. Yeah, or challenge depends which way you look <laughs> at it. <laughs> yeah, what was that? What was that like for you? Yeah, so I guess you know you've got endless possibilities, and you, we've got our design guidelines to meet, and that's fine. And we've got our site constraints to work with, and, and that's fine. And then you can do whatever you want from there, which was actually probably the hardest client I've ever had was. It was me and my wife. Um, honestly, I sketched up a few things. I couldn't get anything to work. Um, back in 2019, so the Building Designers Association Victoria or Design Matters um, now, they have a 10-star challenge that they do every year. So design a house, get it to 10 stars. Um, we entered it. We were lucky enough to win it. Um, oh, wow. So basically I was there, I was sketching, I looked up at the wall, we had a little picture on the wall and thought, why aren't we building that house? So the whole the whole thing for designing that house was doing something that's 10 stars, that's you know, efficient, air quality, non-toxic, all of those things were super important. I'm like, why don't we just build that? Like, we could do that. It's already designed, I just needed to put another bedroom on, gave it a bit of a tweak, made it work for the block, um, that we had um, and then sort of went from there. So we, we've, we've got a house that we designed to 10. Can we build it? Can we build it you know, reasonably? Well, a, a normal build, it doesn't have to be anything special. We don't have to go overboard. So, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Well, we can design these things. Let's build one. So we did. Um, it didn't get to 10, obviously. Um, I got it to nine. But I really didn't have to do – I wasn't doing anything out of the norm that any builder who's built a house before couldn't do other than there was a bit of a focus. And this is CAPE stuff, CAPE guidelines too. There was a focus on sealing up the building. Um, we, we splashed out. We did thermally broken aluminium windows. That was one thing that we, we really spent some money on. And the rest of it was just finding a builder that gets it, that's happy to work with us, um, so yeah, pretty much that's that was that was our journey. We we took a house that we designed, and we basically let's build it, let's prove that it can be done. And I think we did. Like yeah, absolutely, yeah. you did. Yeah. Anyone can afford to build that house. Yes, and um, you know, testament to that, it obviously got the attention of a lot of people. Um, yes. very, I'll call it a success story. You took home multiple awards at the recent Design Matters um, National Awards. Uh, you've also featured nationally through, I don't even want to say how many countless newspaper articles, um, <laughs> nice, beautiful family photos of yourself in your home. So yeah, well done. Um, Thank you. Aside from that, how many homes do you think it's been in total that you've been involved with in that development alone? 
Yeah, so I crunched the numbers before. We're, we're up around 50 at the moment. Um, so we're, we're lucky we work in with um, the three sort of main builders that have done the majority of the work up there. Um, and then obviously we have our, our own clients as well that come directly to us. But, yeah, we're, we're at about 50 and the majority of those houses have actually been built. Oh, that's also something to be pretty proud of. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it's over, over about a... Um, uh, for four-year period, roughly. Yeah, I have heard a, and I, I can't substantiate this, but I have heard that up to a sixty percent um, of designs uh, don't make it through to construction in Victoria. That fluctuates from state to state. I've heard it's higher in Queensland, but yeah. So, and I'd imagine a good portion of that's due to uh, budget constraint. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's true. And I guess um, we're extremely lucky that the builders that we do work with or that we refer clients on to, um, they're happy to share knowledge with us so that we can forward it on to clients. So, you know, we're making informed decisions right from the outset. And same with the client, they're making informed decisions right from the outset. Um, yeah, the builder, designer, client relationships, massive, just to be able to really get on top of those things before, you know, budget blowouts are huge. And they do happen, you know, every now and again. Um, but uh, having that relationship's been for us, it's been huge just to be able to get these things across the line. Like you said, houses aren't getting built. We can design a house and tell the client, well, it's this, it's this much. Or if they give us a budget, we'll design them a house to that and go, well, this is what we can do. And more often than not, they'll manage to find a little bit more money to get what they want. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can sh- we relate with everything you've just said. Like it's so critical to have that team together from day one, right? And um, oh, otherwise, yeah. how, how, as designers, we it's not our expertise in construction, cost and value management. That's definitely a builders. And I can't stress that enough to anyone listening as well. Like get the team together from as early as possible, design stage, um, to make sure that, yeah, it stays on budget and that you can keep that way all the way through to construction. Um, yeah. Um, speaking about budget, can you share a little bit of what the focuses are in your designs um, that you can achieve a high energy rating and a very efficient house, um, but still, yes, yeah, stay on budget and make it affordable? What's what's the secret that you can share? Yeah, <laughs> the secret. <laughs> um, honestly, um, the, the starting point, it, it's all about the, the passive solid design principles for us. Um, I think you, you call them hybrid homes. Um, internally, we've always said like the perfect house is passive solar design, but then sealed up, you know, almost a passive house level. We, we don't, we don't do, we've done a couple of passive houses, but we don't do a lot of those. So we've always thought internally, the perfect house is that. So first, first thing for us is getting those passive solar design principles right and, and in place. So, um, yeah, u- usual things. So orientation. That, that's the first thing you control, orientation, um, shading, um, getting, making sure that the layout of, of the house is, you know, most of it's facing north where we can. And for me, like, it's always the living room. It just has to have the correct orientation. Um, and then from there, I'll go to the next biggest room. And this is to do sort of with some energy rating stuff and heating and cooling loads. I always want the main living space, the next biggest space, which usually might be like either a rumpus room or a master bedroom. And then I'm happy to sacrifice on the other room. So those secondary bedrooms, if I can't get them facing north, 
they, they might come around to the south. So focus on those big areas, the spaces you spend the most time in. Um, that That's huge, getting getting those laid out and facing the right way. So just point it in the right direction. That's that's one. Then, then we start having a look at things like shading. Um, um, then we've got... You know, the passive and the heat, passive heating and cooling. So things like thermal mass, crossflow ventilation, um, glazing's huge. Making sure your glazing is facing the right way, that the size is, is the right proportion to the room that it's in. Um, that design-wise, they're they're sort of the the, the big three, I reckon. Um, and then from there, once we start getting into like documentation side of things and detailing, then we start having to look at you know insulation. Um, how we're going to seal up the building, how we're going to ventilate the building. Um, and then again, for, for me personally, there's that condensation management stuff, which is sort of, it's becoming a bit more prevalent as you've sort of mentioned before with, with the new building rank staff and especially passive house and, and that sort of gear. So that's, that's, that's for us, that's, that's it. That's, that's the big main, main things for us. That's, that's what we focus on. We're, it's tricky for us because we're, we're down south, we're on the coast and all the views are to the south. So uh, some blocks, you know, it doesn't quite work out that way. You've got to sacrifice one thing to get another thing, and that's cool. Um, but, yeah, that's our main, main starting points. Would you say that um, – and I'll just so everyone knows as well, like you are a thermal assessor as well as a designer. Um, would you say that, um, you know, that, that influences the way you design as well, the fact that you're doing this at the same time as you're designing, you're also using thermal assessment software and, and getting those ratios of glazing right and, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, for us, we'll we'll do we'll do an energy rating um, once we've sort of into our design development stage. Usually, your floor plans laid out. Um, we've got some elevations and we've got a bit of the form happening. Um, we know what the roof lines are doing and windows are in place. We'll do an energy rating at that stage. Um, really, that's that's about being able to see where it, where it's at as a, as a star rating we might be aiming for eight um, but then we can really focus in on each of the each of the rooms so um, we'll do a breakdown we'll check out all the rooms we'll see which rooms are performing the worst why are they performing the way they are what can we do to fix it um, and it could be real simple it could just be a window size we might need to make it bigger we might need to make it smaller um, it might need more ventilation and might the openability we might need to change from an awning to a sliding casement or whatever it is um, so we can do those changes early on in the piece before it's finished and engineering's done and they've got a quote from the builder and we've gone for a building permit and oh do we need an energy rating yeah oh yeah we'll do that quickly um, we sort of do that at the start it's part of the design process um, we just need to know that it's hitting the targets that we're aiming for if someone's going for say eight stars or nine stars or whatever like instantly I know that the form is going to be very simple. Um, we need to reduce surface area. We need to make sure everything's pointing in the right direction. Um, so, you know, if, if, if the briefs that we're going for, for eight or nine stars or whatever, that, that will definitely play a part in how I, I lay out the building on the site. Um, but yeah, and that's backed up with, with the energy rating stuff right early, early on in the piece. Yeah. What's your average client like? You've, um, yeah, you've said there's different briefs and, you know, there's some certain guidelines you have to hit just from the development point of view. Um, but I like that, you know, 
we've talked about passive house. It's quite rigorous. You have to, there's certain standards you just have to meet. Um, and I like the flexibility because every person's different. Every budget is different. Every, you know, individual need from a house is different. Um, so what's kind of the experience that you've had with the 50 houses that you've designed in that development of like what the clients are like, what their focus point is, what, yeah, what they want from their houses. Yeah. So I guess like I've mentioned before, we're lucky because we work in with builders. Sometimes the builder's the first point of contact. Um, and sometimes we, we definitely just get our own our own clients and we sort of go out into tender or something from there. Yeah. I guess the Cape's very interesting because people either have known about it for years or they'll stumble upon it and have never heard of Cape Patterson before. But the reason they stumble upon it is because they're of that mindset already. They're looking, they're looking for that. Um, so now they have a platform where they can have the energy efficient house, they can have the veggie garden, um, they can basically knock their bills out. Um, they love, they have a solar, they have battery. So it's, it's very different, the clientele that we have within the estate versus, say, the clientele that we would have that aren't doing stuff in the estate. They're very switched on, they know what they want, they've done their homework. They understand the, the passive solar design principles. They're, they're, they're asking very technical questions about, it could be the solar, their technical questions about the windows and why we should use this window over that window and, oh, we found this company, what do you think of this? Um, yeah, th- these these people are coming in with a really good knowledge base to start off with. Um, so, yeah, you have some really interesting conversations through the design process but it's really easy to sort of portray what you're trying to achieve to someone who already gets it. Um, so that, that's one thing. And yeah, I'll sort of back over the story we, we started with. Um, there's a house. So I, I did an energy rating for a person that lives up there. Um, it was designed by another company. Um, so yeah, talking about having a, a good knowledge base. So, so this guy as part of his design process while he was working with the architect was, he went and downloaded an energy rating software, found out the one that most people use, went and downloaded it, figured out how to use it himself and uh, modelled up his own house and did his own energy rating <laughs> to see how it went. Um, and then, yeah, just just I know him from from living in the same state as him and he uh, yeah, came and knocked on the door and basically, oh, could you just do do the energy rating for me? He goes, oh, I've had a bit of a crack at it myself and here it is. And <laughs> I've got it to 8.4 or 5 or whatever it was and he sent me his file, I checked it out. Um, he'd done a really great job. It was like 90% there, a few little tweaks from me. Um, and it, it came down, but it was still something like 8.3 or 8.4 stuff. But yeah, that's the sort of, uh, you know, that's that's the extreme end of, of, yeah. of clientele that we get in there. But yeah, most of the people are very aware and understand, you know, they have very clear goals. They know what they're trying to achieve. And most of the times they, they probably know how, how to get there. Um, and we can just sort of, you know, push the process along and have some really good, interesting, in-depth conversations throughout the process, which is great. Yeah. Are there any, um, like, I suppose this is probably more talking to those who do have a fairly sound knowledge already, but is there anything within the energy rating software that you could, like, give recommendation to people to, like, consider? Like, where are those weakest points or the weakest rooms and how do you overcome some of those issues? Yeah. It, honestly, it's – I feel like Windows – when we do an, an, an energy rating, the windows by far play the biggest role in how a single room will perform. Um, heating and, and cooling loads is what we talk about. 
um, obviously orientation, but you know, let's assume that we've got every every room habitable room in the house is facing north. So the next thing you definitely want to look at is those windows. So um, yeah, I, I feel like that we've done a lot of homework on that. Where the builders that we do work with are amazing, and they're 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 like, what about this company? What about that company? For us, I definitely think it's window size. Everyone wants to have bigger windows than they need. Um, they feel good. They look good. Floor-to-ceiling windows are great. I can tell from just from doing my house. Um, I, I had floor-to-ceiling windows. I had a lot of glass facing. So all the bedrooms and the living space in my house faces north. Um, I had floor-to-ceiling windows because, you know, it's my house. Let's have floor-to-ceiling windows. It's going to look awesome. Um, the minute I actually reduced the window size um, in all of the rooms, so master bedroom, uh, the, the living room, the dining room, bedroom two and three, that energy rating jumped up a, f- a fair bit, to be honest, just by reducing the head heights of those windows and bringing them in a little bit. Um, so, yeah. That's they're, they're the big tweaks, and you need to do that at the design stage anyway, because you, now you're changing the look, the design aesthetic, um, and, and that sort of stuff. But yeah, I feel like windows is always the thing that we're pushing the hardest to get to work in those rooms, uh, making sure, like I've mentioned before, you having the open ability right to get the cooling loads happening in those rooms is is massive. Um, yeah, I'm always fighting with windows. I feel like. <laughs> Do you um do you do um verifications of the energy rating while you're building the 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 houses? I mean, you're probably in a unique situation living in the development and being there when they're bu- being built. Um, so do you do tests and, and verifications um as part of that journey? Yeah. So as part of um the, the Cape and the design guidelines I've mentioned, they actually do require that you do a blower door test at the end of the build. Um, obviously, it's seven air changes is what they, they want to see or less. I know with one of our builders um, that we do a lot of work with, um, which is Tears Constructions, they average somewhere between sort of like, I think it's four and five on projects that we've done with them. Um, uh, another one would be Harris Build. I reckon they're, they're roughly around about the same. They seem to hover around that four air changes. Um, so there, there is that. And then I guess from a client perspective or, or someone who owns one of the blocks and is working with the builder, um, they've actually bought in now. Uh, it was something that we got from, from an, an, another, um, another building and design company that there's a thermal performance checklist that the design review panel issues with the approval for, for the design. And they want, they want to see that filled out. They want boxes ticked. So we're looking at, um, you know, how, how you're sealing things up. Um, they make recommendations on what should be done, order of things. Um, it's, and it's all construction stuff because you know, we, we're not on site all the time. We're, we're, not, we're not doing the contract admin on projects. We're not out there, you know, telling them what to do, basically. We, we've, we've got these builders. They know what, they, they know what they're doing. Um, and this is just more of like a verification thing for the Cape to know that it's being done right and for the client. Um, so... Blow a door test, um, the, the thermal performance checklist that I mentioned. Um, they're the two things that is happening in, in the Cape specifically, just to ensure that things are getting done right as detailed as per the energy rating, 
and that sort of stuff, yeah, which isn't the norm by, by, by any stretch. Um, maybe it will be one day, but yeah, hopefully. for now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're the, big, they're the big things that happen at the Cape and they want to know that those houses are getting built the way that, that's been designed and that they need to meet they, they need to meet the energy rating and they, they want it done right. There's a lot of um, a lot of universities, RMIT, um, they, they, they keep an eye on the houses. They're testing the houses all the time. There's information and data being gathered from a few different houses up there um, consistently, CSIRO, so on and so forth. So they just want to make sure that everything's being done right so all the numbers stack up and all the data's correct so that they can give, you know, they want to pass all this information on to the next developer to do the same thing somewhere else. Um, so, yeah, it's they're the main two things that they can do to sort of lock it in and make sure it's done right. Yeah, that's, that's amazing too that the whole intention here is to open source this, provide these everything that we've done here is a, you know, this is how development should look into the future. Um, I will just quickly note to everyone as well that um, as far as I'm aware, there's going to be a bit of a um, optional uh, as-built verification checklist that will be forming part of your energy rating certificate. Um, it, if you Google uh, first rate five uh, certificate example, um, you'll come up with what the uh, the 2023 version of that looks like, just a sample. And it's got this checklist on there. Um, I'm, as far as I'm aware, it's going to be issued out with every uh, every certificate, um, I guess, as of October this year. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in, in seeing uh, what that looks like, or if you want to have um, an as-built verification done on your home, or just, you know, even for your own purposes, to be able to follow through the build, go check that out. Um, and yeah, we'll probably provide more updates on that, I suppose, later in the year once we've got more info on that as well. Um, so back to the development, what, um, given what you've been involved in and what you've seen at the Cape and you, you understand like what their intent is, where do you see this going? Where do you see development going in the future? Um, is this something that you think others will pick up and run with? And yeah, I'd just be great to hear your thoughts. It's it's already happening. So I guess up I've probably left some things out before. So there's no gas in the estate. It's all electric. Um, that That's one thing that you were seeing a bit of a, a bit of movement from a few other developers around to do exactly the same thing. No gas, all electric. But yeah, like I said, this was, this is basically a test case. This is the benchmark, new standard for sustainable living. Pick that up and do it somewhere else. Um, and I know the person, um, uh, Brendan, who, who basically it's his, he's the brainchild of this whole thing. I know that he talks to a lot of uh, other bigger developers and they're always picking his brain and, and asking about stuff. So, you know, the wheels are already in motion with, with that. Um, and they're mad not to, like, especially if, if we're, we're moving to seven stars. Um, that's a, we're only, we're at 7.5 up there. They kind of need to adopt what's been done here and take it to every new estate wherever they can. Um, and I, I know from from a, from living there and having so much open space, um, it promotes an active lifestyle. That that's huge. Like we all, a lot of people, we all sit on our bums all day. We're clicking the mouse and working away. We're at home, you know, just having open space to go and enjoy. Um, it, it just makes you go for a walk go play at the playground and that sort of stuff. So th there's no doubt that this needs to be picked up and duplicated or done better if they can in other places. Um, I think yeah, like health benefits across the board is huge. Um, you know, mortgage strain is massive on people. If you don't have a house, 
Yes, you pay a bit more up front. If you have a house that basically is is self-consuming, no power bills, hardly any water bills, no gas bill because there isn't any, um, that's huge. So like my, yes, I have, I have 6.6 kilowatts of solar. Yes, I do have a battery as well. Um, my power bill over winter was a touch over $200. Mm. Over all of winter? Over all of winter. Yeah, that's amazing. Which is basically. We all know how bad this winter was. <laughs> yeah, which is almost just like the connection and services fees, honestly. Um, summer, it's it's not even a, a thing. Um, while the sun's shining, we're all good. Yes, I had to pay, you know, upfront, I paid a little bit to have all those things. But, you know, over the journey, it's going to pay for itself, you know, in a very short amount of time, it'll, it'll pay for itself. Well, we've mentioned or you've mentioned um, the hope and we all agreed of what is hopefully going to be included in the building code soon or what we would like to see in there. And one thing we always like to ask our podcast guests is if you had one free wish for the building codes and something that would change just based on, on that wish, what would that be for you? Yeah, I had a good think about this one and I just kept backing over the same thing. And it's, you've, you've talked about it all the time. It's the as-built verification. How, how do you know that you're getting what you pay for? Um, I, I think that's massive. We would, we, like, it, within our office, we were talking about this, you know, probably like eight years ago. Um, so a couple of the guys within the office were builders before they started doing this sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, you know, and they were talking about like when they used to do stuff. Oh, yeah, you just do this, you just slap this up, you just do this, so on and so forth. Um, you know, and, and that's many years ago, mind you. It's the, that mindset has completely changed now, with, um, with especially with all the builders that, that we're doing work with personally that I've noticed. But yeah, being able to prove that what you've paid for is being constructed the way that was envisaged, especially if we're not going outside all the time to, you know, to, to check this sort of stuff. I think I think that that's massive. And yeah, you already mentioned that the NAFA certificate. If that comes into play, that that's just peace of mind, knowing it's done right, and then you know you you you're well on your way mm. to achieving probably a goal that you'd set out for in the in the first place. Yeah, there's there's so many analogies to apply to this situation, but um, I'll, I won't harp on again about that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> we do get comments, you know, the feedback we get from that stereotypical. Uh, builder yeah. <laughs> he's like well how can you charge a couple of thousand dollars for to look at my insulation that's already that's all good <laughs> like it's just so much more than that like the client as, as a consumer myself i want to know i'm getting what i pay for like <laughs> and i want my house to perform as you told me it would so but that's it what is it like you know gaps and cracks like five percent gaps and cracks what 50 percent heating cooling loss but that's huge but just that in it in itself's massive, and, and that's not hard. That's just like a bead of silicon almost. Like that, you know. Like that's that's easy. This is all easy easy stuff. All this stuff can be replicated. Um, you know, sealing up your windows. That that's not a hard thing to do. Um, but these tiny tiny little things are super easy. Anyone can do them. Um, but they make such a massive difference. To, to like it's yeah. Going about this for yeah. <laughs> I have. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll definitely sign that that wish for sure. That's on my wish, or it's been on our wish list for a while yeah. now. Um, but yeah, it's all looking like we might in the future. Like our wishes will be heard. Yeah, we're lucky. Cape has that. Basically, they do have that. Yeah, that's awesome. Which is it's it's amazing. 
yeah. And I mean, I'm going to plug here. We do offer that service. We have thermal cameras, blower doors, um, you know, we do. So if you do want to know any more about the as-built verification stuff, please do reach out to us. Um, yeah, more than happy just to chat about it, even if you'd like to know how about going about going to do it yourself for your own build so yeah and if for anyone interested in learning more about the cape or maybe even you know talking a bit more in detail about thermal performance or thermal assessment and design questions we'll have um, your contact details in our show notes as well jess um so make sure that yeah people can reach out to you if they want to and keep the conversation going um i'd be very interested in yeah checking back in with you in a couple of months or maybe a year to see how the cape is going how life is has been how it's all developing and yeah if you're still happy where you are any new developments that could be going on in that direction that'd be yeah very very interesting to follow up on absolutely yeah there's uh there's a couple of couple of things happening in the background so yeah uh, development wise and, and so on and so forth we've definitely got a heap of more projects coming up in the cape and uh and all that sort of stuff so yeah but I'd love to catch up with you. Sounds good. Well, for now, I would like to thank you for your time. Um, thank you for that interesting conversation and for sharing so much of your work with us and being so open and talking about it. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Jess. Looking forward to chatting again soon. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Outlier Podcast. You can find helpful links and contact information regarding this episode in our show notes and on our website, outlierstudio.com.au forward slash podcast. If you like our show, please leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcast and make sure you subscribe to never miss a new episode. If you have further questions for us or want to share some additional feedback, please feel free to send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. Until next time on the Outlier Podcast.